You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. On today's show, we are talking solar stocks. U.S. solar stocks are up. Foreign ones are down after a policy reversal over the weekend from the U.S. Trade Representative. And uh, we'll talk about the ramifications of the new tariff headline on solar imports moving that sector this morning we have a couple of ratings that are actually a number of rather noteworthy ratings today so we'll talk about the biggest ones that caught our eye both upgrades and downgrades a uh, couple earnings this week it's a light earnings week overall and our guest today kate long she's a muni bonds expert and the founder of puerto rico clearinghouse she will join us at 8 35 we'll also take some questions from our chats in throughout and around the show at premarket.penzinga.com. Before I go any further, I want to remind you folks that our show is sponsored by Webull and the We Trader competition. It starts today. Join traders from around the world in a paper trading competition that's great for you and somebody else because it benefits the uh, Shriners Hospital for Children. So the competition that starts today, like I mentioned, consists of four weekly competitions with weekly prizes of nearly $11,000 worth of Amazon gift cards and a grand prize to the best overall trader with either a brand new Tesla Model 3 or $40,000 towards your student loans. So you can go to Webull.com, download the Webull app to learn more about that. Now, Joel, what's the word here overnight? I, I hear we're down. Ah, we're down, but not out. In fact, uh, the bad news is we're trading down seven and a quarter handles at 29.43.75, but that's way off the low. Uh, you had an open low at uh, 29.75, peaked at, or troughed at 28 even, and you've battled back here. Pre-market high, 46.75. Now we just got to keep your eye on the close from Friday. That was right near the high of the day. So big number on the upside. Get that file through, 29.51. 
Uh, below the pre-market low, things are thin there, folks. We don't have an interday low Friday until 1750. So numbers are setting up good this AM. Crude on the rebound here, up 62 cents at 53.43. Gold in the red by 740 at 1505.5. Silver following suit, down nine cents at 1753.5. And Bitcoin, we've printed in the seven handle, 7,745 is your early morning low. Just back, back above 8,000 and 8,035, down $190. Well, I, I tried to get Triple D to go to the football game with me on Saturday along with other people, but he went to Home Depot. <clears throat> I did go to Home Depot. I went to lots of places because I had the kids solo, so I was nowhere I was going to the game. Obviously, with the two-year-old and the four-year-old, I don't think they do that well at the Michigan game. But congratulations. It was a good birthday present for you. Yeah, yeah. They won. They won. I'll just say win and ugly. They're going to have to play a lot better uh, for the remainder of the season. But as a win is a win, I got to enjoy it with my daughter and her friend. And uh, overall, great big Ruth Chris steak Saturday night. Mm. Had a little bit of that on a Sunday in my omelet as well. So good all-around weekend. And I played with my iPhone watch a lot, too. Well, the nice size iPhone watch. So I, I had an interesting weekend too, or any interesting uh, one of these stores here that I went into. So I got banned from a thrift store. The cheapest person in the world got banned from a thrift I can't really figure this out. Oh, yeah. All, yeah, I'm all- shocked myself. Not even kicked out. Now I'm banned apparently. So I, my wife said I can't tell the story on the air, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So How bad it was? It's was- kind of her fault. It's, it's, so it started with my wife's fault. So last week, and the store is Value Village. I don't know if you're Canadian, you'll know it. It's not in the States. But if you're Canadian, you know it. It's like a thrift store. And they sell Halloween costumes. So they bring in the new Halloween costume. So my wife went in there. And we, you know, the only time I go in Value Village normally is to let my kids play with all their toy section because they're all used toys and they can kind of destroy the whole section. I don't feel bad about it. So I, you would think I would got banned for that, but this was not the reason. This was not on the kids. This was all on me, actually. A little bit on my wife, too, though. So last week, my What'd wife goes do? in there. What are you asking? What'd you do? What'd you do? Yeah. So last week, my wife goes in there and buys um, $130 worth of Halloween costumes. But she, as she's checking out, she clearly asks the cashier because she's still shopping for Halloween costumes. So she wanted to come and try them on the kids. And she was, you know, going over here and she wanted to see. But she kind of liked these ones. So she said, clearly, she asked the cashier, can I return these? And the cashier said, oh, yeah, no problem. Just within seven days, just bring in your receipt. So she's like, no problem. So she buys some things. And then she goes to return or she um, goes uh, to return them the next day because she finds Halloween costumes somewhere else. And they say, oh, no, there's no returns. So anyway, so she's uh, fairly upset about that because the cashier clearly told her. So she's like, okay, well, I'll take this up, you know, with, you know, the manager comes out. He's like, you're going to have to talk to the district manager about this. So she gives the district manager a call and she's trying to deal with that. Anyways, they work out that, um, or something about a store credit. So anyways, I guess she was fine with that. So she's like, can you just do me a favor? My wife was away this weekend. Can you go to Value Village? And can you, you know, take these costumes back and, you know, get the store credit? I'm like, okay, no problem. So, you know, and, you know, I'm solo parenting, so the kids can kind of destroy the toy section while I do that. So I let the, actually, my daughter was with my mom, so I just had the the boy. And um, he's playing with the toys or whatever, so I'm kind of dealing with this return. Um, So I talked to the person at the services desk, and he's like, 
oh no, there's no store credits here. We don't even have gift cards. It's exchange only. So do you want to go look around the store? And I'm like, I'm not going to spend $130 at Value Village right here on the spot. You know, there's absolutely no way. So I'm like, can you call the manager? And the manager's like, oh no, it's exchange only. We don't have store credits or anything like that. So you can exchange these costumes for other things in our store. She's like, it's fairly easy to spend $100 here. And I'm looking around, everything's priced at a dollar. And I'm like, there's no way I'm spending $130 here at Value Village. This is absolutely no way. So then I go and I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do? I go and I look in, you know, the kid's playing with like a $5 toy. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to cut it. So I'm like, you know what? I got this figured out. I walked around the store and I find a lady with a shopping cart just full of stuff. So she's her shopping cart's right full. I'm like, oh, she's easily got $100 there. So I talked to her. I said, look, I've got this, you know, uh, exchange only. I can only um, exchange today. Can I buy your shopping cart full of stuff? And then, you know, I'll just like, you know, give you like $20 off, you know, at the end, you know, at the end or something like that. And she was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. So I go to the front of the store and I'm ready to buy the ladies or exchange my $130 worth of exchange credits for her shopping cart full of stuff. And the, the cashier is like, oh, no, you can't do this because they knew I was shopping around. And then the manager comes out. always like, oh, no, you can't do this. I'm like, why not? I'm like, I'm just, you know, doing the exchange. Um, I'm just, you know, buying the shopping cart with this lady. She's like, well, you can't, you know, be talking to your customers and that. I'm like, this isn't anything to do with you. I've already talked to this customer. I'm like, this is nothing to do with your store. I'm buying the shopping cart worth of stuff. And she's like, you can't be harassing our customers. And I'm like, I said to the lady, am I harassing you? She said, no. I'm like, see, I'm not harassing her. So what's the problem? She's like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I was like, well, I got to get my kid because he's destroying your toy section right now. So I go get my kid and I, she actually escorts me out of the store. So oh my I God. go for that. I thought it was pretty smart. Wasn't I smart, Joel? Spencer? That was, that was brilliant. Well, I thought I was like, I'm getting my money back. I was like, I, you know, I was going to be out 20 bucks. But I was like, that's okay. You know, I'm going to get the majority of my money back. I thought I was smart. Anyways, she kicked me out of the store. So my wife calls, you know, uh, obviously the district manager and obviously says, you know, like, it's disappointed. So they, you know, the district manager says, look, we'll give you your money back, but your husband isn't allowed in the store anymore. <laughs> so I got banned from Value Village. They're going to give my wife. My wife can go in there, but I'm not allowed in the store anymore. Wait, wasn't I smart? Wait. Like, wasn't I smart about that? Is, is this any Value Village or just the one? I don't know. I go to those value villages just for, to kill time with my kids because, like I said, they like to play with all the toys and they're all destroyed oh, anyways. Man. Like Burlington Coat Factory, you can go in there, destroy the toy section, you don't feel bad about it. You go to Macy's, destroy the toy section, you got to clean all the stuff up. <laughs> That's great. Anyways, they kicked me out. <laughs> so I don't know if my picture's going to be on the wall or anything, but oh, man. Yeah, I baby. thought it was smart. Wasn't that smart, Joel? I went and found the shopping cart, the lady with the shopping cart full of stuff. I was like, I'm good to go. And, then, and giving up the edge, too, to that lady. I did. I had to give up a little bit of edge. You're right. Yeah. Well, I had to make it worth her while, right? Yeah. So, and she was, she was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I get 20 bucks off my shopping cart, and we'll go. Anyway, they had none of it. They escorted me out of the store. I'm, uh, I'm banned from PayPal. <laughs> why you're banned, are you banned from you're banned from the online is this gonna be like the monday morning where are you banned from store chat where are you guys banned from is there anybody i've never been banned from anywhere i'm a pretty you know i'm a pretty good citizen okay why are you banned from paypal i'm not surprised if i can't remember i don't know something ha I, it wasn't a how do you ban from paypal I, I don't even care i don't answer their emails anymore i just venmo i just use paypal owns venmo oh really yes. don't tell them that i'm on venmo <laughs> 
But anyways, Triple D. uh, Oh, somebody else. Jimmy Vegas is banned from PayPal as well. PayPal bans people. That's what he just said, yeah. Okay. I'm not banned from PayPal. I rarely use it. I do have a PayPal account, but I rarely use it. Robin Steckel says, I didn't think that I could like Triple D more, but now I do. Honestly, though, was I really doing anything wrong? Did I do something wrong there? You were outsmarting the man. I I got banned because I was smarter than the manager. It's big value. (laughs) <laughs> they're probably like wouldn't oh can you believe that they're probably still talking about you at that store they're like oh man do you- i think my picture might be on the wall yeah but i i, I would have thought as possible i could get banned from value village just because my kids like to destroy the toy section <laughs> and what i mean destroys like they, they like to play with all the toys and i'm kind of a pretty you know i'm pretty loose about it i mean and i like the you know if they want to ride the little bike in there or whatever i let them ride i said ride in this little aisle area right here just don't hit anybody <laughs> They like to try the toys out. And sometimes we buy a toy in there, so I guess they're not going to get any more of my toys. But, I mean, like I said, everything is priced. It's a thrift store. Everything's like $5 or under. How do you spend $130? It's hopeless. You had a shot. Only my wife could spend $130 in Value Village. <laughs> All right. This show was brought to you by Value Village. <laughs> yeah, we got lots of good advertising. You know, Value Village, hello. Shop at our store. All right. Uh, let's move on here to the market. So over the weekend, big headline, uh, the U.S. Trade Representative announced the uh, two-sided solar modules, a.k.a. the uh, bifacial uh, modules, have uh, had their exemption on a 25% tariff remove. They are removed from the exempt list. So they're, good. they're back on the tariff list, in other words. So U.S. Solar, uh, or solar imports for bifacial panels back on the table happening at the end of the month. That's good for the U.S. companies for solar, sun power, bad for your, your importers, your, uh, your CSIQ, and uh, your, your, your JKS and your, your foreign names. So they're going in opposite directions today. So if we look at JKS, it's trading down uh, fairly significantly here in the pre-market, down almost 5%. Canadian solar down 3.6%. And then you got sun power trading up 6.8%. First solar trading up 5% here. So going in complete opposite directions here this morning. A nice move for those stocks. I still have first solar in the long-term portfolio. Almost tempted to sell it here into this because this is where I bought it. And it was just murdered last week. And now I get my money back all of a sudden. I know it's a long-term portfolio. I'm supposed to stop trading the long-term portfolio. But all my spiny senses tell me I'm going to get the stock cheaper. What should I do? Mr. Al Conan. Well, why would anybody want two-phase solar panels? You never know if they're going to work on you or not. I don't know anything about the fundamentals of the solar panels. I just like the solar industry. Maybe I should just buy the team. You guys didn't get no, that. I know. No, <laughs> we didn't get right that. We head. went right over our head. Did you guys have a new <clears throat> get it? Buy facial solar panels? Ha ha. You don't yeah. want them because they're two-faced? Okay. <laughs> okay, explain it. It's good. Right. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes your puns are so witty that the wit just goes Sometimes. over. No, that was good, but it was Monday morning. Gosh, gotta, it's too early. I'm tired still. I just got to go harass someone in Value World. And then <laughs> Value World. I'll be the favorite out of the show. Uh, there's a pop and a try. I don't know what happened to these solar stocks last week. So look at the reason for that because this one got whacked. Uh, trading at the highs of the pre-market session. Let's see where that comes in at. I got to open up one more window here. The high of the pre-market session just comes in on that last bracket. It's 63.13. I guess you just use that 63.13, and if you get mo, you know, continuing through that, then you'd be okay. If it hits that area and starts to roll over or doesn't hit that area, I'd be a little nervous. It's 50% I'm looking at. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yep. 68, 
55, carry the two. What is that? That's 50%. I, I do. Joel, you, you, you won the grade three math contest. Give us a 50%. Well, on you that. do 68 minus 55, which is 13. You divide by that by two, and it's six and a half. So you had six to uh, 55, 61, 62. It's right, right there. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I may dump it. Okay. We'll let's, see. Let's look at JKS. That's uh, in the red as well, following suit. This is not a good looking chart. It got whacked yesterday. Now you're testing the low of the move. So low of the move, 14.69 last week, currently trading at 15 and a quarter. Maybe you'll get there, maybe you won't. Uh, your low on Friday came in at uh, 14.69. So keep an eye on that. The prior's day low was a little bit lower than that. But 75 cents, that's a long way to go. The ones going in the other direction, uh, SPWR trading in the green by 72 cents. And These things really go. Why, why did it get hit so hard last what week? What happened last week was so It really smacked solar around. Obviously, it's the only one I own is first solar, but, you know, and everybody's getting a lot of those losses back from last week makes me think, think I should just take it, you know, my small loss I have left and, you know, move on. But what happened last week? Why did it get hit so hard? We need, where's Gordo when we need him? Where, where is, is Gordon he? Johnson still covering the solar names? He does, yes. Yeah, we need to hear from Gordo on this because I don't know what to do. And Gordo is... He's good. We know Gordon's really good with the solar stuff. Um, let me see. I'm just looking last week. Uh, <laughs> the White House is setting limits on U.S. flows. I mean, who knows? Is it China-related? You know, this is China. Who knows? But ugly week. I I wouldn't be expecting these things to, to really just bounce back up to the highs of the move. You got some people caught on this one, and uh, – if you feel like you missed the low of the move last week, looks like you're going to get a reset at it uh, this morning. Spinner making a good point, and it's true. I don't know if it was for the move because it was so extreme, the move, but they do tend to move with oil a little bit too, obviously. So because this is a, you know di obviously different type of energy here. So as oil rallies, and you know, so you do see the, this correlation. I've noticed that too, that sometimes the solar stocks can be correlated with the oil stocks as well. And if you look at the chart, you can kind of clearly see it too. Although the moves were so extreme last week yeah. that it makes me think there was specific news. So that's the solar talk. Let's move on to the ratings talk because we have some awesome ratings here this morning. Um, where do you want to go? Like there's some big ones, man. There's one getting two upgrades. Yes, it is. Match, right? Yep. Yeah, match up at Nomura to buy and Deutsche Bank to buy. Nomura giving an $88 price target, Deutsche Bank with a $91 price target on MTCH. Big pop here. I'm going to say 80 bucks. That's the resistance level for me. We're at 78 here this morning. So if it gets up a little bit further, if I was long, I'd be ringing the register into this, fading this again. It does break trend, but there's the, uh, that underlying issue of competition coming for them. And, you know, we've saw eventually what happened to Netflix. I mean, you can keep pressing the competition button and it doesn't happen immediately. The stocks and buyers tend to forget it, but it is also one of those names that, you know, isn't really a profitable company or if it is, it's very low. So high, high PPE, high beta, something that was getting hit and starting to try to show some life the last couple of days. Now it gets a lot of life here this morning. I think you're going to have people happy to get their money back at 80. I think you're going to find the <laughs> trouble at 79. I had that. Goals of fader too. Yeah. Uh, on his 23rd and 20th. Darth fader. Ah, uh, 79. You had a pair of highs right there. And then this, the day that the high was not 79.05, 
you had that closed at seventy two eighty three. So you're uh, and this is upgrades, you know. I'm not. So I'm looking at that. I mean, if you're looking for resistance, a seventy nine. Dennis mentioned that eighty level, uh, but I, like, once again, that uh, big red barn that day. A lot of people would love to see seventy nine today when we're only a buck forty away. Then you got Uber. When is the last time Uber got an upgrade? Good question. I'll tell you. September 16th, HSBC upgraded them to buy that day. They're getting another upgrade this morning, October 7th. Citigroup upgrading Uber to buy this morning from Neutral, announcing a $45 price target. Man, it does seem like every sell-side analyst has a buy on this on this stock. I don't yeah. know the exact number, but they are they are all on the bullish side here. No one. I don't see a single <laughs> sell rating on uber it's been beat up so much that i'd be nervous fading it at 3062 at 35 i'd be a seller with two hands that's a long ways away um obviously and we're not getting there anytime soon so i think if you're shortening here you know coming in here like at the match i almost like it from the short side today the uber i'm not fading this one it's it's up three percent but it could continue to move so uh, i think you know there's just room I, I'm not jumping in here on the bull train on it. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere for me. I'd rather be on the sell train at 35 or the buy train at the recent low of the move at 28. At 30 and a half to 31, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. So no trade for me. Now the two hands reference, is that from uh, from my floor stories? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yep. And what that means? Give, tell what that means. Yeah, uh, with one hand in the pit, you can only get hit up to uh, 10 contracts, right? If you have one hand up, but if you go up with two hands, you can get hit with 100, 500, 1,000 contracts. If you up, that's an unlimited quantity. And I did see a guy, uh, MBH, uh, you know, he was trying to, you know, uh, you know, boost the market a little bit. And he bid on 1,000 spoos and uh, Got him. grew, had an order to sell 1,000. And he goes, turned to him, he goes, sold to you. And, uh, and he and uh, Mark did the right thing. He just uh, turned to another broker and he he said, "Get me out." And uh, I don't think he got murdered too bad on it. I think they're at like another five. The locals Whoa. don't like. He's a local. They don't like yeah. getting hit on that kind of size. No, no. And then there was another guy. I won't give his symbol, but what he used to he used to get in trouble a lot because he would try and bully the market. And when you're up with two hands, right, you could get hit with anything. So when he would come into the pit. He would tie a shoelace around his wrist and then tie the other end of the shoelace around his belt loop. So he could never, I, I've told <laughs> So he could never put two hands up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of like, it's almost a little bit like layering, isn't it now? In the nowadays where they're putting a fake bit up there when they were putting two hands, you know, and the locals are trying to bully the market. That's almost like, and, and you can get hit. I mean, the, turn, the guy turned around and got hit, but it's almost like, what layering is today is and obviously illegal now um, after 2008, they really cracked down on it and 2010 because they are putting fake bids into the market. So you put like a bid for 20,000 shares or something and you're not really intending to buy. You're just trying to push the market higher. That's actually illegal right now. And you can go to jail for that's called layering. So that was kind of like the original layering Joel was, you know, with the, oh, yeah. the locals throw up the two hands. So this stuff always existed even in the pit back in the day. Spec, except now it's obviously anonymous so you can do it and nobody knows who's doing it and the pit you can see the guy who's doing it so the pit could kind of police itself and also you could see like if an old order was rolling off a desk like to sell 500 and even you know like whatever the even number was like so let's say it was like 220 back then 
that a lot, a lot of locals, even before the owner got in the pit, they'd be like, you know, 2005. And they knew, you know, 500 was coming at even and they would never, you know, never get done on it. But uh, those games are, those games are pretty much over now with electronic trading. But uh, boy, oh boy, electronic trading, Dennis getting banned at stores. We got a lot more. There's lots going on here. Let's well, go, Buzz T. And you know what, Buzz T, we, we, this is on the agenda. It's on my list to talk about here. We were just finishing up the ratings. We'll come back to ratings in a second. I want to go to Buzz T. He's saying, you guys haven't discussed Joker and the long-term thesis on T with their new DC content. Yep. You know what? Okay, props to my buddy at Bright Trading. He said Friday. He told me Friday. He's like, you might want to go long AT&T over the weekend with this Joker movie. I was like, sounds good to me. I'm like, it is supposed to. I've been reading all about it on my Twitter line. It's supposed to have a really big weekend. So I was like, you know what? I'll go long AT&T in the weekend. So I did. So I'm long AT&T still here right now. It's because uh, the Joker movie. It's also Christian Fromm here. It's props to him because he recognizes ex-dividend week for AT&T too. I believe they go ex-dividend near the end of the week here. So two catalysts really for AT&T. So I don't mind the long in the short term here for that reason. I, I typically sell this stuff overnight. I typically sell them the next day, which would be today, but we'll see. I'd like it to get to 38. I don't know if we're going to have room for that or not on the AT&T, but um, this, the, the movie itself, did anybody see it? First of all, chat, did anybody see it? Because I saw the trailer. It looked pretty good. I, I did not see it yet. I, I may or may not still haven't really decided, but it, it did come through with a $93.5 million weekend, which is a record opener for an October debut. So that's a good headline. I, I'm still, I've never quite understood this, like go long or go short on a single movie. Thing. It works. I don't know if that's a catalyst for at t this morning because we do have an RJ. So it's hard. RJ came out and was talking about it and they reiterated their outperformance. So that could be the catalyst. But I don't think it hurts. I mean, when is the last time Time Warner had a blockbuster hit? I'll tell you. Uh, it's been a like, long time. No, like a month ago. And people don't typically equate at t with movies. It? I mean, if this was a Disney movie that just kicked butt, Disney trades up on it. Um, well, it, so, it, it's Time Warner, which is AT and T, and they. Had, I know, but people don't like. You don't see people like, oh, you know, this. They don't think Star about Wars. it. They don't see AT and T as, you know, a movie yeah. play. Well, I mean, they again, they own Time, they own Warner Brothers. No, they did. It is. It is a movie play. So, uh, but they had It Chapter Two a month ago, which was a hundred ninety-three million dollar grocer. So, uh, that's that's one of the bigger movies of what the year. What movie was that? It Chapter Two, the sequel to It. Uh, Oh, uh, so wasn't it from uh, the Adams it, family? It, it, no, it as in Stephen King. It, oh. but um, <laughs> they are a movie play. I just I never understood this 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 idea of going along like for a movie. Eric. I do it. I do it. We okay. do it. I okay. tell you, and you know, just my opinion, but I believe it works. So it's something that I often, if I hear this going to be a huge hit, I usually will go long ahead of that. Uh, ahead of that release. The only time we saw that was with the Star Wars. It seemed like every... That worked. It, it, yes, it, I know, but that's exactly. But for like two or three years, every December when there was a Star Wars movie, 2015, 16, 17, the stock rallied. But that's the only time I maybe have observed this trend. I mean, this is just simple trading and people say, oh, it doesn't work. But you know what? The simple stuff works better than the complex stuff. What I found in my 20 years of trading and obviously I've been prop and doing a lot of trades in those 20 years. I found that the simple stuff like, you know, buying ahead of an Apple event, buying ahead of an ex-dividend date, buying ahead of a big movie. I've found that stuff as alpha in it and I'll continue to do it. I don't know if I'm being rewarded here this morning because AT&T is up 20 cents on a down tape. So it might be the RJ rating because like I said, we have two things. They out, we reiterate their outperform here this morning. 
and they put a price target. Uh, they raised the price target up to, from 35 to 40. So that could be the catalyst here. But I also think there's could be the catalyst of the movie as well. What are your thoughts, Mr. Alconic? No, I've, you've been talking about this for years. This this trade yeah, buying yeah. ahead of movies. So yeah. it's just like the you know like the eye test and stuff. I mean, do people try and speculate on uh, Super Bowl commercials and things like that? They, we see the moves. Yeah, oh, Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. Good commercial. We'll move a stock. Yep. Um, also on golf, you know, it depending. Uh, it really was hot when um, when Jordan Spieth had that. Yep. Uh, what was he under armor yep yeah and under armor opened up like two or three bucks that next day after he won after he got his uh the masters he won the masters wasn't it yep yep Yep. so So this there's trades in here guys there is trades for this um and i i play them i will play that so it was a big movie anyways i i kind of want to see the movie it looked really good i i I don't i don't i don't want to see you don't see the Joker movie? It's not really a, like a superhero movie, though. It's the backstory. You know, somebody's wrote an, an intriguing backstory on how the Joker became the Joker. Yeah. And, you know, it's about I, mental I, illness. If you, if you want to give away. No, 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 no. We don't want any spoilers here. I haven't seen it. So I can't give anything away. I'm just telling what I saw in the trailer. Spoiler-free show. I haven't decided if I'm going to see it in theaters or just wait until it comes out on Netflix or whatever to watch it. But um, I'm intrigued. I'm yeah. not a big superhero movie fan, but this one, this trailer looked good. Well, Joaquin. I like Joaquin Phoenix too. Oh, Joaquin's the best. Uh, oh, he's a great actor. Somebody Ch- said you're going to win an Oscar for this. Uh, Chili Trader said it's worked on the Avengers a few times. I think so. Yeah. I think it works. You know, I, and obviously, I you know, that. I believe that nothing works a hundred percent of the time too. I mean, you could do these trades, and you know, three out of four times might not work, but three out of four times maybe the stock goes nowhere, and the other time it goes up, you make money. So it's not necessarily the stock. I mean, if you if it can work the opposite direction that you're expecting a big weekend and the movie flops, yeah, that yeah. will hit a stock like Disney. So you always have to be aware of that too. But I think everybody kind of knew this. This AT and T. I think they kind of knew this. Joker was going to have a big weekend. I don't know. I think the commercials for it are kind of scary. Laura, my wife, I saw. I was like, "Do you want to go see this?" And I showed her the, like the first ten seconds of the trailer. She had to shut it off. She's like, "Nope, nope, nope. Too creepy. Nope." <laughs> I was like, I, "I'm not into horror movies either or anything, but." This I don't think is a horror movie. It's you know, it's she was like, she was like, You can see that, I'll go to Die City. Yeah, she said you should go with Phil to see that. My buddy Phil, who I've seen movies with and he's a big Star Wars. All right, fan. I guess this eighteen we geek it out. I mean, you came in this morning, you said that's why eighteen T is higher. I said I I, I I don't know, because the RJ is outperform is there too, so it probably would have been higher on the RJ outperform. So I could tell you in balance two hundred and forty two thousand shares to buy too wasn't hurting it. But Anyways, that's uh, you know that was my thought process uh, for my buddy over the weekend, and he's like, gonna have a big weekend. He said to me on Friday, I was like, I was already thinking that, so I was like, yeah, I think so. I think it could have a okay over the weekend, could move the stock. Yep, and runs into X dividend as well. Yeah, I like that too. I like the setup. We know these stocks like to run up into that X dividend date as well. So there's a couple catalysts here. I think there's room to 38. I'd yeah, probably so be a seller at 38, 38, but there's 50. There's yeah. some room here. You got someone lurking at 38 because I see. Oh, Joel, you throw me under the bus. I did not open my uh, my platform. I used to get the open book in this other platform. I have to actually subscribe to it in another platform here right okay. now. Okay, I don't want so, you. So JV Spec might have his open. Anything at 38? I bet you there is. Uh, did you get Did you get banned from the open book? Come on, because I get banned from a thrift store doesn't mean I get banned from everything. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm gonna okay. say I did not do anything wrong on that. Don't. I was just smart. You just, 
were you standing by the yeah, no, like joel and he go and he asked for the free shake shack and stuff that's what something you would do you've probably been banned from everywhere did you did joel's you, a badass were you standing there with her when uh, you tried to do this or did you kind of yeah i was being honest she knew they knew i was shopping in the store and then i came back with a shopping cart full of stuff and another lady and she's like ah, 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 no way no way are we letting you do this and i was like why not I'm like, I'm just exchanging on this shopping cart full of stuff. This is good. This is clean. Try to bring it back to this. This is legal. It, it, it was a smart play, Dennis. It was. I know. Was a for effort. A for effort. All right. Anyways, I didn't get banned for it. That was a little bit extreme. All right, I'm bringing it back. They know that's not allowed, and you know that's it. Not not ban me from the store. Come on. Okay, we can't we can't keep talking about. I'm that. bringing Everybody it back to some ratings. I'm bringing it back to some ratings. J.P. Morgan this morning upgrading Ring Central and Arconic to overweight, so RNG and ARNC. Uh, Ring gets a two twenty five price target. Arconic gets a thirty dollar price target. I guess Arconic's had a pretty good year. I sold this thing for a tax loss last year at like twenty bucks. I guess I messed up. Twenty four ninety seven. It's had a pretty darn good year from sixteen to twenty four ninety seven. I tell you, I'm not buying it though. This is the old Alcoa. Yeah, it's trading up. No, thank you. Yeah, this never. The, the sector has been under pressure. Trading up thirty cents in the pre market. Let's see if you can even get into the twenty five hit. Well, not too, not too far away. If you can clear twenty five oh five, that is your high from. Uh, Wednesday, then you got to look. You got to look to the pair of highs at 26. So, uh, trading 23.79, getting to that 25 handle. This could be a little bit of runner up to 26 if you're looking for a target on the upside. Not really I've been downside here. If you're looking to buy it on support, if it goes green on the session, I don't know if it will with uh, you know, with the upgrade, but uh. 2349 was the close. And what was the other stock we talked about there? Ring Central. Ring Central. RNG. Holy mackerel. Has this stock just been blasted off? I cannot believe this move. This was on the deal with, what was this deal? Avaya. 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 Was it worth this much? This crazy. It was up. And obviously, you know, trade up on that. But it opened up at 145. On Friday, it blasted a 169. What's up? Holy cow. I guess this deal is just changing the whole company, but what a move. Now, JP Morgan upgrading it now? I mean, it's off to the races. It's hot as hell. Things at all time highs. So, yeah, absolutely. I don't short stocks when they're making new all time highs, but I'm not chasing this either. You're buying it now. You're absolutely chasing it. It was $120 two days ago. It's 172 here now. So, it's hot. Do you know who gave me this stock on the show? This must have been in 14 or 15. Do you know who talked about this stock? No, who? Sean. Sean Udall. Oh, Sean, we should have Sean back. Sean's still in this? No, I'm sure he got out a long time ago. But um, we did talk to Matt Kolb, and he was uh, playing the stock that ended up getting taken out. And according to Kolb. Well, it was not a takeover. It's like a – What is It's just a, a partnership. A partnership? Yeah. Well, according to Kolb, Ring Central is only in like one country or two country or something. And through Avaya, Avaya. Avaya, they're supposed to be able to go to many other countries. So I, that's just a, a Matt Kolb take on it, but he's been following it at AVY. Kolb follows us. We're going to Kolb on the show sometimes. He gets yeah, some today, good calls too. 
It's he gave me up. INSG. Cole yeah. gave me that INSG. Oh, yeah, he, gave everyone, he gave everybody INSG. Well, uh, I bought it at a buck and a quarter, and the thing's 478. He did good on that one. <laughs> nice job, Cole. I mean, you get him right, you get him wrong. Sometimes you get this one right. Is he in today? I think he's still. I don't, still, know. I don't know if he made it out of Columbus. Ever. He does his fundamental research. He's a fundies guy. Yeah. He, he's on fundamentals. All right, eight thirty-five. Let's take a break for the day and grab Kate Long. She's a Muni Bonds expert and the founder of Puerto Rico Cleveland House. We'll be right, right back in a moment here with Kate. All right, welcome back, everyone. Pre-market prep, Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick. Joined now, as I mentioned before, before the break, by Kate Long. She's a muni bonds expert and the founder of Puerto Rico Clearinghouse. Kate, good morning, and how's it going this morning? Good morning, guys. Everything's going pretty well. Um, just kind of normal market um, opening probably here today. So, so normal market opening. Have, have, has the past few weeks or a few months since we last spoke to you, has it been a normal market from your point of view? So in the fixed income side, um, you know, we've had this huge disruption with repo, which is um, firms that's lending what, that's security. That's why I'm asking. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. So firms give, lend securities overnight and then they get cash. And that way they use this cash to fund other stuff that they're doing. And we had a big seize up in that market. Um, number of people think, you know, there's different points of view, but the Federal Reserve has come in and started um, infusing cash basically into that market to reverse repos. So, you know, that we have a very strange yield curve right now um, where the short end is, you know, inverted essentially. It's higher to borrow on, you know, in the short term. So that just kind of accelerated that repo problem. And, you know, there's just a lot of strange things moving around in in terms of rates, in terms of fixed income rates. So, so is that is that still a problem now? This, this lack of overnight liquidity? No, no, no. Because Fed has essentially unlimited balance balance sheet. They can just put as much cash as they want in. So, you know, it's more just how's this going to settle out? Are they going to have a permanent overnight facility for the dealers and the banks, or? You know, are they going to try and do other things within the yield curve to try and get some pressure off the short end? Um, but you, you have to understand the Federal Reserve has almost unlimited ammunition to deal with this. So, so nothing concerning, you know, people harken back to the financial crisis when this, you know, happened, uh, happened before. And uh, we mentioned uh, we were talking about it with uh, Nate Tobik of the Complete Bank Report and he kind of looked at it as, you know, there was something maybe a little toxic out there that the banks, uh, you know, wanted to step back on their own collateral or the brokerage firms. Do you see it as something a little more mild than that or something symptomatic of something brewing in the U.S. banking system? Yeah, so I was at a um, credit rating agency conference two weeks ago and uh, Rosengren, who's the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston was there and some other guys who, you know, kind of like premier guys in the macro side of this. And most of them pointed to the collateralized loan obligation market as being concerned. And this is where um, banks um, take take loans that they make and then securitize them. They break, chop them up into little pieces and then distribute them broadly. Then you have these what are called CLO managers that um, take these little pieces and then make it into like structured finance. And then they leverage these, you know, vehicles up. 
And, you know, because we have a lot of, um, we've just issued a lot of debt. Corporations have issued a massive amount of debt since 2008. There is, of course, very weak issuers in there. And I think the concern is that, you know, some of this weak issuance is getting concentrated in these CLO structures, these structured finance. And the the deal there is that it's very opaque. It's one end of the market where we have almost no transparency. I think the regulators have a little more, but you know, so you get concentrations of risk and the regulators can't see it. And that's the issue that when you look back at 2008, where it was just like nobody knew who had what or how junky it was and you couldn't rely on the rating agencies. And so that's there, but generally the belief was it's a problem, but it wouldn't, you know, if it just went haywire in the CLO market, it wouldn't bring the whole structure down, the whole financial system down. Well, Kate, I, I've been reading about uni bond uh, investors and, uh, there have been some pieces written about how they've been going towards riskier and riskier uh, assets, investing in um, energy plays and, and charter schools mm. and, and these riskier types of muni bond assets. Have you been observing this, this trend as well, this rise of, of, mm. of riskier muni bonds? Yeah. So when the market conditions are like this, when yields are really low, um, basically people can issue anything and people will buy it just because they're looking for yield. And what happens is you get a lot of projects that in normal conditions probably wouldn't find buyers or would find, you know, the paper would find buyers at higher yields. But there's such massive demand to get tax-exempt paper or taxable paper in the muni side that, that definitely riskier stuff comes to market. And, you know, that'll basically within two years it blows up and then you got to fight for the recovery for it. You say in normal times, in normal markets, this is not a normal market? Well, it's just yields are so low, and they've been so low for so long. Um, you know, the 10-year treasury is like 150. You know, that's just really – that's, you know, nominally, that's almost less than inflation, right? So just t typically fixing treasury yields would be higher than inflation rates. So that just tells you there's something not quite right. And what was your reaction to, uh, I guess, last week we got some contradictory – econ data is bad earlier in the week. It was good later in the week. They, they like that the week report means, I guess we're going to keep cutting rates. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought, you know, the thing I really saw this week that looked really good was that wages of low-income workers were increasing. Um, and I think that's the real driver when, you know, the 70% of GDP is consumption, personal consumption. So when you have, you know, in my view, when you have wage growth, you know, people able to consume more, the people actually consuming, um, then that's a good a good kind of propellant for the economy. A lot of the other stuff, trade, those numbers are going to move around. Um, but I think generally, you know, the belief is that the economy will re remain pretty sturdy through the 2020 election, which is kind of the pivot point for a lot of us that we look at. We're on the line with Kate Long. She is uh, leads a research service for Puerto Rico bondholders. <laughs> Whew. I don't think you've got a could pick a tougher place uh, to try and evaluate uh, the bond markets. We all know uh, what happened there. Uh, can you talk about you know where they're at as far as they're you know getting back up in their feet, where the bondholders stand, how the utilities are? What uh, give us an update on the Puerto Rican bonds? Right. So Puerto Rico. So I projected in 2012 that they would be insolvent, you know, and essentially 
and then they went on and issued a bunch of debt after that. And, and then in 2016, they started, or 2015, actually, they started defaulting on their debt. And Congress imposed this, uh, created a new law and imposed it called PROMESA to give them some breathing room and allow them to restructure their debt. And um, so they've done, they've reorganized one chunk of debt, which is a sales tax debt. Um, and the recovery is there. There are two tranches. One was they were the recovery was 93 cents about on the dollar. And then the weaker tranche, what we call junior subordinate debt was um, 50, 56 cents on the dollar. Now that whole thing is being appealed. So although the, the new bonds have been distributed and stuff, it's possible that there'll be some changes there. And now we have the other big class of debt, which is the general obligation debt. Um, just the, this huge fight has started and the board that the Congress imposed to deal with this wants to invalidate a, a huge chunk of this debt um, and this general obligation debt and the bondholders are like, forget it. There's no legal precedent to um, to um, invalidate it. I mean, essentially they want to zero them out and it's just not going to happen. So it's going to be a long fight. And then next week, um, Aurelius, who's this very well-known hedge fund that litigated against Argentina for 14 years and finally won, has this case at the Supreme Court against the Oversight Board, this board imposed by Congress, asserting that the board was appointed unconstitutionally and all the actions they've taken for the last three years has should be nullified by the Supreme Court. So uh, the orals are um, next Tuesday for that, and then we expect some kind of ruling by the Supreme Court but hopefully the end of the year and then it's up to the white house really what they want to do going forward so basically within a couple months this whole thing could be blown up and we go back to the starting gate wait are, are you referring to elliot capital in as the hedge fund the the ones that held the ship hostage oh so elliot yes but this this is also aurelius they're brodsky these guys are oh, okay. they're, they're sort of like companions and it's into the business okay but they're different funds. It really is a different hedge fund. And uh, just wanted to ask you, you made a statement that, okay, you think the economy is okay through, you know, the rest of the year, not much, and through the 2020 election. That, that really seems to be contrary to what the yield curve is saying us. That's contrary to what uh, President Trump is saying. Um, and just along with that question, you know, the strong case now for lowering rates, lowering lo rates is, you know, because everyone else is doing, because Europe's doing. And I'm like, right. well, who wants to follow that business model here? So look where they're at with them lowering rates. We've kind of been firm believers on the show. It's ridiculous. Let's keep the, let's use lowering rates when we really need it. Uh, yeah. Uh, your outlook on those two, two questions. So, Joe, that's actually a very rational point of view to have, which is that, you know, the Fed should keep lower rates in reserve for when there is real economic demand. You know, there's a real need to boost the economy. But the reality is, is that, you know, because global money flows are so liquid that money flows globally to where, you know, it has the best return. So what we get is this huge influx of, of um, liquidity into the U.S. market, the Treasury market, which strengthens the dollar because all that money's coming in. People want dollars to buy U.S. Treasuries, and that makes it harder to export, right? I mean, it just so they, there's kind of all these knock-ons, and and you're absolutely right about Europe going to negative rates, um, and. Mm -hmm. 
you know, there's been some discussion on the fringes whether that would be, you know, should be used in the United States. Um, it's really hard to implement. And um, I just think overall, I think that, you know, when you look broadly at most of the measures of the economy, it's very good. Okay. And, you know, there's outliers again, you know, like in the corporate debt market, you know, we have, you know, we ha- we've had a lot of borrowing, so we're going to have higher defaults. And you also get that in the personal debt market, you know, where you get people borrowing a lot of money, you're going to get some people defaulting. But that's just kind of part of the cycle. I mean, that's not anything unusual right now. That's just how the cycle goes. All right, just uh, you guided us uh, through the Michigan uh, bankruptcy here, and you talked a little bit <laughs> about uh, about Illinois, and uh, I don't think things have changed much over there. Uh, but you just give us an update, and uh, any other states perhaps that uh, are on your radar as uh, being a little bit concerning? Yeah, so Detroit, um, we did, we did work together through that that long painful episode. Detroit finally came to market without the support of the state of Michigan to borrow, which is a, you know like a bellwether event for you know in the muni market or in the bond market. It didn't need the support of the state of Michigan to borrow. And that was kind of a bellwether thing. I think they were rated triple B, which is still junk, but, you know, at least they could get to the market and borrow. Chicago um, and Illinois, they've had this change of leadership here. We have Mayor Lightfoot now as the mayor and Governor Pritzker. Um, And, you know, there's really many views about what's happening there. And... Uh, Chicago is has this huge pension liability, which has not been funded adequately over a long period of time. And the mayor is planning over the next several years to radically boost the amount of cash that they put into the pension plans, which means, you know, taxes are going to go up. And then the state, um, you know, they're pushing for this graduated income tax on a state level, which... You know, generally voters will not approve tax increases. So we're at this kind of tipping point with both the state and the city of Chicago where, you know, some big decisions have to be made. And if they can't get these tax increases approved, then they have to figure out how they're going to, you know, manage all their liabilities, either restructure them or do something else. What about Connecticut? Yeah, Connecticut has a problem where people are leaving and it's just high taxes and they have a little more wiggle room because they have a pretty high, um, you know, they have a pretty high income base there, but they also have these cities, which are pretty low income. So they also like Illinois and New Jersey and Kentucky have these pension liabilities that are just pretty overwhelming. And there's not a lot of ways to deal with them outside of bankruptcy. So. All right. We've been on the line with Kate Wong. As you can tell, she is a mini bond expert, the founder of Puerto Rico Clearing House. Kate, as always, thanks for your time. And was- Yes, thanks, guys. All right, it's 8.50 here. It's always nice to get different different. Takes. I like Kate. Yeah. I like her. She's pleasant. Uh, it's talk, always- about, talk about different different markets. Yeah, different, yeah, I mean, come on. It's just not, you know, stock, <laughs> you know, stocks and bonds and, well, bonds included and futures and stuff. But I like her perspective on things. SAPs are kind of quiet here this morning we're still in the red we're down seven handles 2344 up near the highs of the pre-market session 4675 so what you want to see you bulls strong day on friday no doubt from the opening bell is hey just to shrug off get back that other seven points get back into the 2950 handle 
and uh, things really open up. There'll just be the question of the, whether that bounce on Friday off the jobs number was just a little little bit of a dead cap bounce here or not. But uh, S&P's holding in there so far this morning. There's a few stocks trading higher here. So, you know, you have some sure. themes going. Oil is up. We haven't talked about oil. Oil is trading higher here this morning. A lot of your oil stocks are going to be trading higher as well. Uh, but looking at the chips, I mean, we got some a big move in NVIDIA here this morning. RBC with the notes of positive commentary, raising the price target. And you don't, don't look now, but NVIDIA is actually getting close to its highs of the move. I haven't looked at Quietly it. snuck back. I still have this in the long-term portfolio. Yeah, I, you get nervous? No, no. So it's, it's a long-term portfolio. I don't get nervous on the ones that are going up. I get nervous on the ones that are going down. Uh, 188.40. Uh, that was a recent high of the move, so I'd keep an eye on that. It just really failed bad when it got up there last time. But let's see if I uh, could have uh, a better move this time. Also on the monthlies here. No, you could easily sneak, sneak into the 190 handle here. Uh, but that one top, 188.40, that'd be a good target today. That'd be another four bucks higher on NVDA. A couple more ratings I want yep. to uh, We talked about most of them. Raymond James, I guess they are bearish this morning on furniture. They're downgrading uh, Noel, K&L, Herman Miller, MLHR and Steelcase, the Grand Rapids, Michigan Company. Ah, we learned STS. something. Yes, we learned something last week. Downgrading all three of those stocks uh, to, uh, what is it, neutral? Uh, well, yes. Well, they're, they're downgrading. Actually, they're downgrading null from strong buy to outperform. But downgrading. That's weird. Yeah, the strong buy outperform thing. RJ, you got to get rid of that guy. So you want to be a buyer? You're going <laughs> to buy or sell? But you know, uh, Outperform, strong buy, super strong buy. Come on. We need three ratings. We need buy, hold, and sell. Right. The other two are non-granted neutral. So SES, KNL, MLHR all down this morning at Ray J. What's the biggest one of those? Uh, I, go to I don't trade any of these furniture stores. But... What you guys learned was the Grand Rapids, Michigan company. I learned that last week. Uh, down. I don't, what I don't like about this is it's coming in a real open area here. Uh, if you take out 1750, bulls need to descend, uh, defend it at 1752, and then shrug that off. Also, you had a low on a gap up day at 1744. So I really like that 1750 area. See if it holds there and uh, keep SCS heading north. And what was the other stock in there? MLHR, it's Herman Miller. Herman Miller. Is that a Michigan company too? I don't think so. Don't know. Um, <laughs> This one, I don't like this one as much. It had a big spike over $48, giving it back. Then someone just firmly wanted to sell it at uh, 46 and a half, 47. Been doing that the last couple days. You have two lows uh, matching at 44.50. Buck away. So it holds that pair of lows from uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Sure, it looks okay. Just uh, it's gonna be hard working through that big red bar. From uh, from September nineteenth, where it opened at forty nine, raced to forty nine forty, it closed at forty five eleven. And then uh, Wendy's, don't they report later this week, or did I make that up? No, they are. They did. All right, never mind then, because I was going to say they report this week. They're getting a downgrade this morning from Cowan to neutral, but they don't. You see that report? Week, so. This is when they reported. Oh yeah, on the chart, you can big, tell big gap down. 
that that's the giveaway in the report. Okay, my mistake. Well, in, in any case, downgrade this morning from Cowan to market perform. That's pretty much it for the uh, the ratings. Smile Direct Club, the uh, the recent IPO, getting um, I guess the quiet periods up today, getting initiated at a number of firms, mostly on the buy side. So at least the stock going down. So if you're looking at SDC of a hard bottom, it's a long ways away from here now, though, around that twelve fifty area. So now you're at 15. It's like, eh, am I want to chasing this? I mean, it was a hell of a day on Friday. Went from 12.91 up to fifth or up to 14.85. Continues on its merry parade here to 15.10. But now it's a little bit of chasing because it's a big move already. So I mean, if you're gonna call a bottom, you want to buy it near the bottom, not you know two to two dollar, two and a half dollars above the bottom. Yeah, but I mean, if you're uh, an Uber bull here and you look at uh, basically, we went from what 19, 19. Yeah, if you were long. Already, where are you getting now? Right, fifty percent. Uh, let's see. No, the high was higher than nineteen. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Was the high on the oh twenty one? Let's call it twenty one twelve. The old rush number. So that's a nine point move. Four and a half, sixteen and a half, seventeen. If you're really looking for a big number on this, that'd be the fifty percent. Yeah, taking back um half of the move. Uh, Jared, thoughts on the TLT? Uh, take a look at that. <clears throat> Crazy uh, that. Um, well, you know, we're seeing this two days in a row here now. TLT was higher on Friday and banks were higher. TLT lower today and banks are lower today. So I have this hedge on. It's not working very well. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's been a weird market here. So we're seeing weakness in the banks this morning despite the TLT showing weakness as well. And usually those moves counter to each other. Yeah, I mean, if it's trading down. So, you know, use yesterday's range as, uh, as a guide here. Uh, what was the close? The close on the, we're well below the close. You, tr- you haven't taken out Thursday's close yet at 44.92. So I'd keep an eye on that. Uh, if you, you lose that, then you could be dropping under 144. I like to look at the bonds a little bit more than that. Um, and then also, real quick, uh, someone's asking about Home Depot. Home Depot, Dennis did not get banned from Home Depot. That's uh, trading down 80. I'm buying paint. You know, it just kind of, just it's trying to, trying to bust out. But man, it just seems like you got some supply up here. It hit the all time high around 235, spiked up there the other day. I'd use uh, 230, let's call it 230, the level. Friday side twenty nine twenty one, uh, Wednesday side thirty sixty. So looks a little toppy here. No reason to rush out of it, but uh, sure like to see it make a new all time high soon and get away from this two twenty five area. Look at rating or imbalances quickly here because there is some interesting ones. Taiwan Semiconductor uh, seventy thousand to buy. So that is trading in the green here. We are talking about Nvidia already trading up to Nike fifty nine thousand to sell. That's significant. It is trading in the red here. Uh, we already talked AT&T, 267000 to buy. Um, General Electric, uh, I do have a small uh, short position on that just overnight, um, and it's very small. Uh, 687000 to sell. There was news. The reason I highlight this, there was news here this morning. Um, there was. Yeah. News on their pension. They got out from of. They got out from under some pension liabilities. Uh, what did they pull they, that off? They got out from... They froze their pension plan for about twenty thousand employees, and it's gonna. Uh, what are, what are, what do those twenty thousand employees think? Save about that. It's going to reduce uh, GE's uh, pension deficit by about five to eight, or approximately 
five to eight billion dollars and their industrial uh, net debt uh, by approximately four to six billion dollars. So is this good news that they have to go freeze twenty thousand no, employees' pension no. plans? I mean, if stock was trading up over eight seventy this morning, is this really good news? That's why I shorted it. Oh, it's horrible news. I, I think so too. I think it goes down on this. So I'm gonna I'm short it right now. That's just my opinion here. I will, and these are short-term trades, but I think it could come in and probably go red on this. I probably will cover this if it does indeed start to go red, but I think it's ridiculous that I was trading up on Save that. some money, big whoop, but you're freezing. Hey, pension are you screwing 20,000 people, are you not? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, sure. Quick question on Apple here. Boy, they love that news on Friday. Jacked it up over six bucks. I don't know if it that size move was warranted, but that's what it did. Made a high of 27.49 in a strong market. Uh, I look at your high from last week, though, at 228.22. We're trading in a 26 handle. So really to get another move back up and test all-time highs, we're really close to it. Uh, all-time high at 233.47. But for me, uh, making sure we clear that 228.22, and, you know, even got Friday's high right there, 227.49. So I'll just use that 228 buck 60 away here. I'm going to be talking with Gene Munster later on today. So we'll see what uh, I'd like to get his thoughts on, you know, because doesn't Apple a lot of times like they undersupply, like, and then, and then, oh boy, we oversound a lot. But uh, I did swim with my Apple iWatch over the weekend. I did not track my kicking, which I'm not too happy about, but uh, I'll figure it out. I'm learning. Spent 45 minutes on the line with customer service, and they were very nice help. So you're an iWatch fan. I am. I am. I am. And I'm going to get the cellular package, and I'm going to ditch my phone. All right. Well, he will update us when he does that. That'll be it for the show. I want to remind you folks that our show is sponsored by Weeble and the WeTrader competition which starts today i'm in it you can trade with me compete with me and uh that starts today like i mentioned the first of four weekly competitions go to weeble.com or download the weeble app to learn more win uh weekly prizes of up to eleven thousand dollars in amazon gift cards and a grand prize of a brand new tesla model 3 or forty thousand dollars towards your student loan payments so weeble.com to learn more or just download the weeble app and go to the community section of the app. I want to thank our guest today, Kate Long. Thank you, those of you in our chat, both on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. Catch our podcast or replay wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Please remember all the information on our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. And that's it. Questions, comments, concerns, email us, premarket.benzinga.com. Hope you all had a great weekend. Hope you have a good rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive. And that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. 
And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details.